Well, hey there, and welcome to Watering Seeds, a podcast ministry of Covenant Reformed Presbyterian Church in Asheville, North Carolina, where we seek to discuss and apply our most recent sermon in our sermon series through the Gospel of Matthew. You can check out our most recent sermon on Matthew 7, 7 through 11, Ask, Seek, Knock, on our website, covenantreform.net slash sermons, or you can search us on Sermon Audio, Covenant Reform Presbyterian Church, Asheville. I'm here with the man, the myth, the preacher. I feel like I have to do that every podcast now because <laughs> it was so good. Sean McCann. Welcome, Sean. Thank you. I have no good response to that. <laughs> Thank you for welcoming me. Awesome to be here. Very, very humble response there uh, <laughs> as you preach through the Sermon on the Mount. I love it. Uh, practicing what you preach there. Hey, so I feel like we're getting into, uh, uh, maybe with the exception of next week, some of the stuff in the Sermon on the Mount that people don't typically remember. Hmm. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. You think that's true of this last week? No, I don't. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us why you don't agree with me there. Oh, well, this uh, maybe this isn't as famous as the speck in the eye one from the week before, but the encouragement to ask, seek, and knock, and I do think the, the illustration of, dad giving his kids some weird gifts i think people genuinely are know that um i think they wrongly apply probably the first part about prayer encouragement to prayer and uh, maybe look at it in a bit of a health and wealth gospel type way but i do still think it's one of the more familiar passages in scripture do you think it's true maybe this is the direction i was going uh, that that it's as familiar to non-believers no Probably not. Because we've kind of been talking about that a little bit in, in some of these famous passages in the Sermon on the Mount, right? Next week, verse 12, going to be huge recognition, right? Remind and us. use. What's verse uh, 12? Yeah. So uh, it's the golden rule, right. right? Treat others as you yourself would like to be treated. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I, uh, I would agree maybe, maybe in the sense that uh, believers definitely know this passage pretty well. Um, maybe I was thinking more the 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 speck and the and the log right are, are sort of thrown at you by non-believers right uh, we can sort right. of get bitter about that we talked yeah about this that. probably isn't ammunition for anyone to criticize right 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 <clears throat> so uh so let's talk about um some of the nuances here I really appreciated how your sermon emphasized sort of the roles um I can't remember if you use that word specifically but the the uh, maybe the parts, uh, I think, is actually what you said, God's part and my part in this sort of prayer, God answering prayer, God giving gifts, um, me knocking, asking, seeking, right? Um, and so as we consider uh, uh, those two parts, our part and then God's part, I think a lot of questions that I would have about this passage before your sermon, um, and even now, I guess, sort of center around my part. Uh-huh. Because I feel like, I mean, you know, we're called to action. I mean, these are these are actions, asking, seeking, knocking, right? Um, and so I just have a lot of questions about what does that look like for me to do? And I like that you emphasized on um, the idea of doing these things selfishly. Mm-hmm. And you brought up James. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about that in a second. But I'm just curious what... If you could maybe sketch out for us, um, what does it mean to pray selfishly? What does that look like? 
Okay. Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, it's a nuanced answer, right? Because what is prayer if not asking God for something that you want? Right. Um, so I think we need to get, we need to back up a little bit to try to evaluate what is it that we want? Or what are the things that we desire in life? Uh, and my reference for that would be the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> right. And so God is, we've talked about this. He's rewiring our heart. He's rewiring our desires. And so we can take a step behind that because we can want a thing that God has taught us to want, even for the wrong reasons, right? I feel like I'm going deeper and deeper very quickly into our own hearts. Um, And so I think maybe you're going to get to this. What are some ways we evaluate our prayers? Maybe we can get to that in a moment. But I just think uh, the big picture is all of our lives are to be lived unto the glory of God. And if our thoughts in making our prayer requests are primarily focused on ourselves and our own, we could say, glory, our own kingdom, our own comfort, our own pleasure, uh, then we're in danger, let's say, of having a very self-focused, selfish prayer life. Yeah, the the connection that I'm, I see most clearly, just personally, is the, the connection between the I want a bad thing which obviously if I want a bad thing I'm wanting a bad thing in a bad way right uh and even then I want a good thing but I want a good thing in a bad way and both of those things as you just mentioned fit into the broader context of what Jesus is trying to teach us in the Sermon on the Mount is that true righteousness requires for us a change of internal desire on, a, on like the most fundamental level, our hearts have to change. It's not just what we do externally with our, our, our words and actions, right? <clears throat> it's far, far more than that. And so in addressing maybe how we desire things hmm. through teaching, you know, ask, seek, knock, Jesus is, again, sort of putting this in the, the broader context of the Sermon on the Mount. Is that right? Yes, yes. Um yeah, absolutely. The, the the contrast between treasures on earth and treasures in heaven. And I think we tried, I tried to make the point in that sermon that it's not necessarily the thing itself. It's the reason we want the thing or the reason we enjoy the thing. And so it's okay if I maybe try to give an example. No. Um, Just no. So jump <laughs> go, go into maybe a little bit of the deep end here. And that is, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, a married couple wanting a child. Uh, and so you pray that God would give you a child. Um, that's a wonderful prayer request. God says children are a blessing. Um, it says to be fruitful and multiply. Fruitful, it's, so it's, it's not it's only obedience. Thank right? you. It's yeah, not only a blessing, it's obedience. Yeah. Right. Uh, is there a way to make that exact same prayer for selfish reasons or for God glorifying reasons? Absolutely. Now, I'm going to get ahead of myself again because I want to. I want to flip this around in a moment and make sure we're not over-evaluating our own request such that if there's any hint of sin, then I can't even ask it. But so, I mean, you you kind of brought up that category. Are children a good thing? Yes. Is it good for parents to pray that God would open the womb and give them children? Yes. Right? Is there maybe uh, a negative reason? I mean, let's, let's say something's silly. Like I don't, I, I need more kids to work my land. 
I don't really want a kid. I just need another producer. I don't have to pay. Need somebody to mow the lawn, do the dishes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a great reason. Exactly. To ask exactly. for a good thing. Right. Right. And but again, that's sort of a bit of an internal evaluation. It's something very obvious to us. Is that example? Yeah, maybe I, I help think that's where I'm going. That's a super helpful example in that that really the emphasis there is upon the evaluation of the of the why. Mm-hmm. Um, and. And maybe we can get to this. Maybe this is a different podcast episode. But even, you know, I think with fertility in particular, I think you can want a child for all the right reasons. And God still doesn't answer your question because there's that biblical theme, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about Abraham, we talk about Hannah, Mm -hmm. we can talk about all sorts of people in the Old Testament that deal with this. But I think the thing that a lot of people can forget when asking for these good things is that God is really concerned, I feel like that's a fair way to put it, with his own glory and really concerned with the fact that we worship him alone. And I think something that is true is that parents can very quickly idolize their children. Um, Parents can idolize themselves and how they raise their children. Um, And so, you know, it doesn't even have to necessarily be so utilitarian. I need somebody to mow the lawn, do the dishes, whatever. That's one aspect. But another aspect is, am I worshiping the idea of me as a dad? Am I worshiping the idea of a child? Do I have sort of an over-realized sort of expectation that my child would be perfect? I look in my daughter's face. She's angelic. She's wonderful. I love squeezing it and kissing it and all these things. But she's turning into, you know, uh, more of a toddler, I guess. And in that comes a lot more rebellion, kicking back the head. Those moments aren't <laughs> as cute. Suddenly it's difficult. And so, you know, in that way, hopefully the Lord breaks parents of their idolatry. I think the same is true, uh, 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 even if you take it a step back from kids, with, with if you're single and want a spouse. I mean, that's a huge thing for folks in college in their early and mid-20s. Um, and then even then, if they go longer, if they're in their thirties and still not married, maybe it can get worse. Hopefully it's getting better. Right. But I think the same thing applies. Um, I think the same thing applies to a good job. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can go down a whole list of, of, of things, but if I want a good job, cause my current job, you may, maybe I'm not happy with it. Maybe it's not providing, maybe it's not whatever I could want that good job and sort of not just ask, but maybe begin to demand. Mm-hmm presume upon the, the promises of God's provision. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? It is, absolutely. So is what, that another way maybe I can evaluate selfishness in prayer? De- demanding, I mean, there is a, a, a thing with us as parents that we we don't, no parent wants to raise an entitled kid, right? And so an entitled kid is the one who thinks they are deserving of something. And so to, to bring it, something that I, I try to emphasize at the end of the sermon is the generosity of God, and we don't deserve any of this. And so, yeah, there's definitely a, I need it. I deserve it. I've earned it. I demand it. That can definitely filter down into our prayers. And if we start to to see that in our own, I mean, we'd have to see it in our own hearts. We would take a level of self examination. But that's that would definitely be a warning sign. Yeah, of a kind of a selfishly motivated prayer. Yeah, I mean, um, God, you promised me in your word you're going to give me this. Maybe not a prayer that <laughs> should really necessarily even be in our minds, right? right? right. <clears throat> Maybe that's a key. Yeah, but I mean, just to, to kind of think about this, um, everyone in their, I mean, most people are praying at some point in their life for a new, a new job, a better job, a pay raise, something like that. And there's really good reasons for that. And the Bible tells us to, to provide for our family. And there's long-term provision. There's 
family grows, more costs, yada, 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 right? There's lots of good reasons for that. And there's a lot of bad reasons for that, right? I want this type of security I can't have in this life. I want this type of car, home, clothes, whatever it is. The reality is we're all Roman seven Christians, right? We all want the things we shouldn't want and we don't want the things that we should want. And so I'm going to venture to say every one of our listeners who has prayed for a new job, better job, pay raise has done so with simultaneously God-glorifying reasons and selfish reasons, right? And so that's something to, to be aware of in our own hearts. It doesn't sort of disqualify. We don't sit down and say, I need to pray for this, but I cannot get the selfish side out of my heart, so I guess I can't pray for it. Also, I think that, um, and maybe you're going to get to this under another point, but the idea of what do we do when God doesn't answer the prayers that we realize we're making for good reasons, right? I mean, how many parents, you already said in the Bible, or I should say aspiring parents, don't get what they've been asking for? Does that mean they've been praying for a biological child for five years, and they've they've kind of been praying selfishly, and so God's not giving it to them? That's yeah, some so the, sort of weird punishment. Right. Interrupt me, go. Well, that, those are the two ways I, I kind of want to go. Uh, I, I wanted to ask um, first about maybe the more negative one. Uh, maybe that's not the way to say it, but I want to ask about if God does answer my prayer, do I get to presume that I asked the right way and not selfishly? Right. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, uh, uh, cause I just want to make sure, I mean, I feel like that one's maybe the easier one. Maybe that's, that's the word I'm going for. And then I want to ask about what happens if, what, what if I am asking for something good selflessly persistently? I mean, we haven't even gotten to, to seek and knock yet, but, but just assume that for a moment. Um, and God still doesn't answer. Does does that mean that there's some hidden sin? Does that mean that you know? So 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 let's let's do the easier one first, okay. maybe, and then that one. What happens? God answers my prayer. I do have a daughter up, up the street, right? Um, that we prayed for for a long time. Okay. Does that mean Madeline and I finally made it? Does that does that? Can we assume for certain that we finally got to the point of asking for a good thing in the right way? Absolutely not. Right. Okay. So yeah. tell us tell us why not. Um, well, I would say God gives good kid, good gifts to bad children. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> so uh, we know if we back up to the greatest gift of all, which is our salvation, and not an ounce of that is earned. And so to, to sort of think... Hence gift, right? Hence, hence yeah, gift. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of downstream from that, are we to presume that we get lesser gifts than our salvation now based not upon the grace of God, but on our own, on our own works? Um, so as far as a connection earning, it's absolutely not there. I would say asterisk footnote, whatever you do on a podcast, <laughs> rabbit trail, <laughs> side note, whatever. Um, God may use periods of unanswered prayer in our lives to sanctify us. Amen. Not to sanctify us so that we're good enough that he can finally give us the gift. Right. Absolutely right. not. Absolutely. But actually our sanctification is one of the greatest gifts that he gives us. That's right. It's maybe hard to think about that while you're yeah. wrestling with another month. Yeah. Still not pregnant. Yeah. Why is this? Oh, well, at least I'm being more sanctified. I mean, no one's right. going no right, right, to right, think right. that in at the At least moment. I'm more like Jesus now. <laughs> right, right. Right. But yeah, I, I think that's really important because um, there's no way to know this, and this is just wild speculation, so let's not go too far here. But I'm curious what happens if, if God tells Abraham, hey, sacrifice your son Isaac. But as like Sarah got pregnant the day after the first promise, hmm. right? Like 
you know, I mean, wasn't it years, right? Yeah, Between yeah. the promise and then Isaac finally being born. Right. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, if, if, if God didn't sort of, um, not sort of, definitely sanctify Abraham in his patience, I'm very curious how, how that may have turned out. We'll never know because God didn't do it that way, right? But <clears throat> that has to be a factor here. Yeah. Um, uh, in Abraham's faith. Yeah. Is that that the the promise was 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 so fulfilled. Now, here's the deal. You know, again, you don't want to tie it so close to Abraham to say like, okay, if you just wait a couple of years, God will give you a baby. Right? right? Obviously, oh, that's right. not true. Um not necessarily true. But <clears throat> all this to say, right? I th- I think it would be a mistake to sort of get a big head and actually completely contrary to what Jesus is teaching in Matthew 7. To get a big head and go, okay, finally, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm asking for the right things in the right way. So now it's sort of a blank check, right? Like we cannot sort of presume that. At the same time, it is nevertheless possible mm-hmm. that the Lord is looking at that situation and saying, okay, yeah, you, you know, you've been asking this for this for a while through the process of sanctification. You didn't really ask for it in the right way. Now you are, so I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to bless you. That is possible, mm-hmm. but that we shouldn't presume that, right? Going back again to the word gift. Exactly. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, not at all. I mean, it, we're kind of hung up right now on uh, uh, the prayer for kids. So sure. I have sure. one more story on that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I, I wanted to expand. Um, but I had a, a good buddy and his wife who really struggled with infertility for a mm-hmm. long time, and they prayed about it. They brought friends in to pray about it. Uh, they were open and honest with their struggles. And he had a younger sister, like significantly younger, I don't know, 10 years or something. And she had a high school pregnancy and had a baby. Mm. And you can imagine the difficulty for my friends who are walking a very faithful path, praying very faithfully, and there, and no no baby. And sort of here's, doing everything right. Doing everything right. Yeah, and they yeah. legitimately were. I mean, I think they had yeah. very godly desires. And here's another kid totally making a mistake. Mm-hmm. And boom, they get the thing, mm-hmm. the baby. And so that uh, you can imagine our friends sort of internal wrestling with that. Uh, now, I think that the younger sister would come to testify later on in life. Yeah, God gave her a gift, a wonderful gift that, my goodness, she never asked for. And she certainly, her behavior didn't make her deserve. But here's the thing, my... My friend and his wife, who have been walking so faithfully down that path, I don't think we could say that they deserved it, in air quotes, either. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right? And so it's a, God had a different purpose for each one of his children in that moment with their prayers that they had been asking and didn't get, or that they hadn't been asking and did get. Mm-hmm. So I guess my point in sharing that story is the, the generosity, the wisdom, and the fatherly care of God as to knowing which gifts and when to give them. Yeah. It, that's sort of the end of the sermon. Yeah, well, right. well, the second half of the sermon, perhaps, uh, when we talk about adoption, when we talked, you talked about the the fatherhood of God, right? Which I, I'm heading that that direction very quickly. Um, but I did want to ask about the maybe the harder one, which is <clears throat> asking faithfully and not receiving it. Mm-hmm. You, you sort of answered that a little bit, but I want you to say a little more. Um, if James is right in James 4 that we do not have because we do not ask and ask properly. Um, how do we make sense of the idea of asking, asking properly, asking for a good thing, and God still saying no? Okay, your question is presuming that 
the thing we're asking for is good and the motivation that we're asking for is also good. Yes. Okay. Check those two boxes. How do we walk? How do we live in a world of unanswered prayer? Basically, sort right? of yeah, asking? I mean, yeah. we can't presume on the one hand when we get it that we've done everything right to get it. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I think, as you say, I mean, you just gave an example of some friends, right, who mm-hmm. by all accounts were being faithful in what mm-hmm. they were asking for, mm-hmm. and still the Lord didn't answer their prayer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they, if he eventually did. He or did. Not, but, okay. He did, yeah. Uh, but, but there was a season, right? So, I mean, we talked about sanctification, right? And and really, I guess I, I want you to say a little more on... on um, God being the father, knowing the gift yeah, and knowing the people, right? That's yeah. got to be a huge part of the answer, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. So, uh, let's share a personal story. I think you, you know this. My wife just had a birthday a couple of weeks ago and happy birthday, Lindsay. Happy birthday to my listener out there, my favorite listener. Uh, so I got her a gift. It was a cooler and we were having some people over that night and we were going to eat outside and have some drinks need to be on ice. Um, our old cooler is kind of a piece of junk. We call it leaky because it leaks everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And so what are we going to do? I knew I had a good gift for her. Her birthday wasn't until the next day. Right. Uh, She didn't know what was coming. It's something she could have used. Right. And that night. So this is, man, this illustration looks like I'm God and choosing what (laughs) and when to give my wife. Maybe I should scratch the whole thing. Uh, but I guess what I'm saying is God does have, well, you had the perspective, the right? The perspective. Yeah, you, Thank you, you. There's the word. Yeah, you had you had sort of the view of everything. Mm-hmm. You knew the gift coming. You knew all that other stuff. Thank you. That's So God has this perspective on our entire lives. And his ultimate goal for us is to sanctify us, right? That's God's will for us, is to make us more and more like Jesus. And so his gifts are tailored specifically to us. Right? They're chosen specifically for us and and that not only for us but for specific times in our lives and so i think we should let ourselves off the hook and being able to answer why i'm not getting what i want right now but also emphasize the truths we all we always want to emphasize is that he is our father he loves us mm-hmm. um, he does have a wonderful plan for our life it's not our wonderful plan for our life uh, he has sort of a greater and higher purpose. Um, he works all, thing to, all things together for our good. Now, yeah. now, as I say that, I do want to... The backside of that is that doesn't mean that we should not get sad when our prayers aren't answered. Like That's okay. <laughs> it's okay to... It, that doesn't mean that we're sort of these... We become these robots that just don't have desires in life and are just sort of ultimately... Are, not, are just sort of always incredibly even keeled about the highs and lows of life. We're not trying to remove that from, from the equation. So there's some sort of middle ground here in experiencing highs and lows, joys and sorrows, but learning in the midst of those that God is good. He's our father and we can't indeed trust him. I think there's a lot of utility in the, the imagery Jesus uses with a father and the stone and the bread. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, in that I think, when we read that passage, we don't really consider the fact that sometimes we ask for stones. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, you've got a daughter who's driving. Yeah. Uh, eventually the question of another car, mm-hmm. uh, you've mentioned that on a previous mm-hmm. podcast may come up in your ho- home. I'm sure 
that if you bought, you know, a brand new Porsche, she would love that gift. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Is that fair? Maybe, maybe she wants that. Um, uh, maybe she wants a certain specific type of car. Maybe she, you know, whatever that may be. And you and your wife may look at that and go, you know, that's not as safe as this other option. And we'd like to go the other option. And I think there's, there's, some crossover in this in that you and your wife as the parents are, are looking what's best for our daughter and your daughter may not always filter everything through mm-hmm. what's best for me mm-hmm. versus maybe what I want. And mm-hmm. I'm not trying to call out your oldest daughter, just trying to say <laughs> all of us sort of function that way right? Of course. when it comes to God. So, um, so in terms of uh, the sanctification piece um, and let's, let's talk about seeking and knocking briefly now um is the consistency and the persistent nature of our prayers um helping us to see maybe when we're asking for stones Hmm. um is that is that an aspect here that jesus is sort of bidding us to do that because obviously he wants us to be consistent in our prayer and persistent in our prayer through that lens of sanctification so we can understand more about our desires more about our father yeah right I, th- I think that's an emphasis to the text but do you think that maybe that's an aspect here i do i do i think that the consistency of our prayers aligning up with our desires i think i could have been clear on that because i think some christians have a very narrow view of the christian life which is sort of uh it's purely evangelistic let's say and so everything i say or do needs to be some sort of very mission driven mission focused thing. And so it's like, I can only ask for a nicer car if I'm going to use it to go to take food to homeless people or something. Right. And, and that's just, that's, that's not who we are. That's not who God has made us. I mean, he's made us embodied souls to live in and enjoy this world. Right. And so if you're moving to a new town and you want a new house and you'd rather have some trees in your backyard instead of a highway, like that's okay, right? I mean, because God has created us to enjoy the goodness and beauty and truth in the world around us. So, where's that going with that? Oh, seeking and desiring. Um, I think this isn't, so I don't think we need to filter every prayer request through a very structured rubric of how is this a building block towards the expansion of the kingdom kind of in the world around me. I think, I think what I would say is as we grow in holiness as we are continually remade in the image of God, he is also remaking our desires in a sense. And so desiring a beautiful backyard as opposed to a highway through your backyard uh, is could, could very much be sort of the fruit of God remaking us to know and experience him through the beauty of the world around us. So I don't, I don't know if that's the best example, but I, I, I just think it's, the the seeking it's a I want to apply it more broadly, uh, of sort of just uh, that the direction of our lives is more and more Godward in a broad sense that can have a multitude of applications as opposed to sort of a utilitarian understanding of our lives as we're just robots serving as cogs in God's machine. Yeah, we're not gonna. In other words, for our listeners, we're we're not going to release a resource of a prayer filter. That you no. you sort of filter everything through that the the again sort of leaning on the the category of sanctification, I think what what we're saying is that every request sort of taken together and 
all of the desires taken together means that consistency in prayer and, and persistence in prayer is more than just praying seven days a week. Mm-hmm. It's more than, okay, I got that thing I asked the right way. I'm going to do, I'm going to do it in that exact same way again. It's more, again, to put it in the broader context of the Sermon on the Mount, indicative of our entire approach to God, how we understand not only ourselves, but how we understand ourselves in relation to God. And so it, it, it goes back to God is trying to make us more like him, as you just said, and we are constantly surrounding ourselves with how can I in the words of the catechism, glorify God and enjoy him forever. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's not like Jesus is ladening us with sort of your prayers have to meet and check these boxes. Jesus is really saying, you correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like Jesus is really saying, hey, be sincere in your prayers and ask your father. And not don't presume, but but trust in faith that he is generous. Yes. And so in that way, Jesus is actually doing the opposite, maybe, of of ladening us. He's making it a lot easier. Right. Right? Right. Um, and let me let me interrupt this because that we shouldn't have some fear that if I ask for sinful things or if I ask for something bad for me, God is sort of going to mistakenly give it to me. Right? Like, right? You know, like it's not... I mean, my kids could... Oh, whoops. <laughs> ...could beat me down in asking for something I know is dangerous for them. Yeah. Right? And if I like I say, just whatever, stop bothering me and just give them. Sure, you can take the the, the kitchen knife to play kitchen in your room. Like, right. sure. Um, God's not going to accidentally do that for us. Right. And so the danger, it's more of a subjective danger uh, as far as if I am persistently praying for something that's very wrong, <laughs> like that is going to have a, a negative effect on my prayer life. I'm going to be continually sort of discouraged before the Lord. I'm not going to be seeking his will kind of, I guess if, and there's a word in there too, about the accountability of the rest of the church, right? Our church has a prayer chain. We make prayer requests known among other believers. We ask, I ask you, you ask me, right? My wife and I ask each other and, and we can sort of help course correct. I don't, I don't know what, I mean, help us sort of see, okay, if what we're asking for is bad and also how we're, we're, we're asking, we're praying. Mm-hmm. So that there's an importance of praying, Collectively, corporately, yeah, that's all good. together. Um, so let me let me dive into the fatherhood of God really quickly because I, I think this will tie the the bow on top of this. Um, as somebody who didn't grow up with a dad, I appreciated in your sermon that you brought up that God is is sort of the ultimate picture. That I I sort of have this gap in my mind of what fatherhood looks like, um, which has been really interesting becoming a father, just for the record, but. In considering the fatherhood of God, it, it it's not that Jesus' metaphor doesn't land with me or people like me, but maybe it doesn't land as strongly. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciated that you you sort of um, helpfully, and at least in in my mind, separated. Okay, we hear fatherhood here, we hear adoption here, we hear you know we're now sons and daughters. This is kind of like what you've experienced in this life, but it's also really different. Right. So just maybe say a few words on the, on the difference of God's fatherhood and the importance of, of him as father within this idea of us asking of things. Sure. I mean, any, 
yeah, in my role now, it's in the example I just used, it's me as a dad trying to figure out what to give my kids. Um, and you know, none of my kids are listening to this, but I, don't, I have no idea, right? Like I'm just, uh, I want to see them grow. I want to help them. Um, but you know, my wife and I, we wrestle with things all the time about what to give, what to not give. Um, God doesn't wrestle with that, right? I mean, God knows the end from the beginning. God knows he numbers our days, right? He knows, he knows what he may be withholding from us today so that we're able to face what's coming tomorrow in ways that I have no clue as an earthly dad. So there's definitely that level of wisdom, obviously, (laughs) that the father has more than earthly father. I think the generosity is huge. Um, I might just think of all of the selfish decisions I make as a dad that our father doesn't make and just the the generosity with which he... And even the limits that you and I just (laughs) necessarily have in this life. And God's got an infinite storehouse yeah. of everything. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's so many things. I, not so many, but there's many times I've thought, I wish I could give this to my kid, mm-hmm. and I can't. And it's not mm-hmm. not necessarily financial. It's maybe right. because of time Absolutely. or because of opportunities or who knows. Right. right. Yeah, I wish we could get to the beach in 15 minutes, but right. we can't live in Nashville. Right. <laughs> Sorry, we're stuck yeah. in this yeah, yeah, car yeah, yeah. for the next six hours. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think again, it's helpful to think through this lens of. Um, you know, our, our earthly fathers, or lack thereof, right, are sort of a shadow. And even then, like a, a really poor shadow mm-hmm. in, in, in many ways. Um, even the best of earthly fathers are still sort of a, a shadowy representation of what God is. Not what God could be. Let me just say that. I mean, I feel like maybe we can maybe default to, oh, well, if I'm good enough, right? Again, it's not about earning. Um that's Jesus's job to earn that. And then he freely gives it to us. Um, but I, 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 I just, I don't know. I'm kind of blown away. I, I sort of sat there after the sermon thinking to myself, I'd love to sort of just wildly imagine what God wants to give his children, what God will give his children. I mean, that's not, then I start daydreaming of like, what's the kingdom going to be like mm-hmm. in the end and, and all that. So anyway, just trying to, to connect this all with, you know, we can talk about selfishness. We can talk about consistency. We can talk about persistence. We can talk about asking for good things in a bad way and bad things, obviously in a bad way and even good things in a good way. But if, if we don't have this perspective of the one we're asking is somebody, if I can grab your illustration, Mm -hmm. who can hear us now Mm -hmm. and now and Mm -hmm. now all the time, um, uh, that he's never inaccessible. Uh, I think, at least in my own experience, that has completely sort of changed my understanding of consistency, mm. consistency, persistence, what to ask for, how to ask for it, mm. and so on, is suddenly I'm approaching someone who wants to be approached and wants to be asked and wants to, you know, uh, be generous and desires these things. But again, I'm sort of the the toddler asking to play with a knife sometimes right i'm asking for a stone and that's that part of of making me more like jesus that's right that's right and he uh i think what sort of amazes me is at the end he comes back around and says and ends with asking right i mean there's a book my favorite books on prayer is called if god already knows why pray by doug kelly some fabulous sort of theology behind that difficult question but the simplest answer is because he tells us to 
I mean, that's the first word and the last word of this section. Jesus says, ask. And so he's commanding, he's inviting, uh, he's charging us. I mean, that's just such a, that's just such a beautiful picture in itself that God, God knows what he's planning on giving us. And, but he, he divines, he dis, he, he, what the word, he designs the means for that as to us being burdened to pray for it, maybe for three decades until he gives it to us. Uh, because that journey, we could say, of prayer, that's actually so good for us. Doesn't feel like it, but that is such a sanctifying thing in our life that leads, again, it rewires our desires. It, it changes the direction of our lives. And it brings us into intimate communion with God. Exactly. Over and over and over and over. And then even then, you know, Jesus doesn't say ask and once you've received, you can stop asking. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the, the obvious implication is, and again, and again, and again. And what, what ultimately this is, is his invitation into that relationship with him, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which as we're going to continue to find out through the gospel of Matthew is the gospel, uh, the, the offer of the gospel through Jesus uh, in that way. Well, hey man, I pr- really appreciated uh, your sermon as always. Very, very thoughtful, very well executed. Um, Madeline and I had talked about it numerous times since then, <clears throat> even changed some of our prayer life on it. So really, really appreciate you. Well, thank you. Thanks for your time today to continue to discuss and apply it. And uh, we'll see you next week. Absolutely. All right, until then. Thank you.